This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers, helping you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. everyone and welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Today I am sharing with you the audio from one of the free workshops that I did back in January and that is currently replaying on the Self-Care for Teachers Facebook page. So this uh, workshop is called The Depleted Teacher or Why Soldiering On is Slowly Killing Us. And so this is actually number two in the series. I shared the audio from the first workshop back in January on the podcast. If you wanted to go back and listen to that episode, there's a little bit of a recap at the start of this, but I do highly recommend that you listen to that other one as well, Um, but they do stand alone. So I think the information in this episode is so important right now for all teachers to hear because what we know is that we have a problem with teacher burnout and we have a problem with teacher attrition. And this is before the pandemic kind of turned the world upside down and turned your classrooms and your job and your workload completely inside out. So we know we already had a problem with teacher health and well-being and the, the pandemic has absolutely, I think, amplified and accelerated that in some cases. But what we also know is that It's not a foregone conclusion. And what I have observed over the last few years is that actually it's not so much a problem with teacher well-being. It's a problem with teachers being depleted. It's a problem with teacher self-neglect. Yes, there are absolutely problems with the workload, absolutely, and with the education system and with your, you know, staff morale and school culture and all of those things. But fundamentally, if you are neglecting your own needs those things are not going to solve anything because you're still going to be depleted and exhausted at the end of the day. So I really hope this episode is helpful for you in being able to just, I guess, identify that and name what might be going on for you. I got a lot of really positive feedback from from this workshop series back in January, which is why I'm replaying it now. And uh, if you are listening to this in you know in the first couple of weeks of July 2020, then you should be able to access these on the Facebook page. But after that, the videos will go into the freebies library. I know I promised that earlier in the year and it didn't happen because of tech dramas, but I think I've solved the tech problems now. So that should all be fine. Now, obviously, this is an audio of a video series and I didn't record it, you know, with my podcasting mic. So the audio is not as great, but I think you'll be able to look past that. You know, it's very listenable and the content, honestly, I think that this is really, really important content for every teacher in Australia right now. And I'm really proud of it. So without further ado, here is the depleted teacher or why soldiering on is slowly killing us. So, a really quick recap of yesterday's video, just to to kind of reorient uh, ourselves. So, I did say that it was about rethinking the teacher well-being and resilience, you know, conversation for 2020. Um, I talked about how there's a lot of pressures going on for teachers. You know, the the job has changed, and 
that's not going away, right? I think a lot of teachers have been waiting for that to happen, waiting for things to change, waiting for NAPLAN to go away, waiting for, you know, fair funding models to be properly introduced, um, waiting for our politicians to stop using education as a political football and actually see it as the long-term investment in the success of our nation that it is. Um, and, and waiting for society to wake up and actually respect teachers and waiting for maybe it's waiting for that difficult parent or um, that difficult colleague that you work with to leave or maybe it's waiting for that challenging uh, the student with challenging behavior to to go to a different class or to be diagnosed so there would be more resources or, or whatever it is but it's time to face the fact that this is the new normal this is education in the 21st century and that's hard right that's hard for us to to sit with but let's not delude ourselves any longer that this is not where we are that things are going to change or going to go back to some mythical nostalgic time in the past where everything was better because it's just not um so let's instead face where we are and then embrace the power that we do have over ourselves over our own lives over our own classrooms and also the power that we have to influence those around us and to influence the culture in our schools, and collectively to influence education in Australia. So first and foremost, we're talking this week about your individual power, what you can control, what you can change, what the difference that you can make in your own life, because that's where you have to start. And it's also, you know, the only person you have total control over is you. Uh, but then flowing on from that, if we all do that, if we all individually look after ourselves, then collectively we will make a change. We will make a change in the cultures of our schools. And I strongly believe if we all do that, we will make a change in education in Australia. And I really want to see that happen, right? So I want to give you this info so that we can we can get, get to doing that work. Um, but, you know, we first and foremost also need to focus on building our resilience because we know what is required now in this new normal of education. We we know that it's not going away. If we're facing up to it, facing up to all these challenges, then we know that we need resilience to carry on. And yesterday I talked about that definition of resilience that is actually more than um, just this idea of bouncing back from difficult events that I think most of us have an understanding of. You know, there's a different definition that I really like from engineering, which is actually about focusing on building resilience before difficult events, planning for those, like knowing that difficult events are going to happen. So we build up the resilience in advance and then maintain it during and then afterwards we focus on replenishing and and rebuilding afterwards. So, yes, we obviously want to bounce back, but we also need to focus that we need to realise that we need to focus before and during as well as after difficult events. So if you haven't watched that lesson, I highly recommend that you go back and do that. Um, today, I want to talk about the depleted teacher or why soldiering on is slowly killing us. And I, I think it's killing us individually and also collectively. Um, so the de depleted teacher is someone that I know quite well, and it's probably someone who is very familiar to you as well. You might know my story already if you have followed me for a while or you've been listening to the teacher wellbeing podcast but i actually began my teaching career six months after the diagnosis and treatment of thyroid cancer and that was on the back of three years of chronic fatigue and a compromised immune system um, and there were certainly times back when i was at uni that we weren't sure whether i was going to be able to finish uni let alone teach um, so fortunately i was able to I, I finished my degree and i you know got better um, and this year is actually 10 years since that thyroid cancer experience, so it's a pretty great milestone for me. But it also meant um, 
that I began my teaching career far from robust physically um, and far more depleted physically and emotionally, you know, in my physical and emotional resources than most early career teachers, you know, certainly uh, young early career teachers, people who are like 22 years old, fresh out of university. Um, I was much more depleted than most of my peers in that sense. But the upside was, of course, that it meant that I couldn't push myself. I was actually incapable of pushing myself as hard and as long and as fast as my peers as well because of that health history that I had. So, and like, I was really, really aware that that I was not invincible. I think a lot of young people have that feeling that I'm young, my body just keeps going, right? I can keep pushing, I can do this. It, you know, it won't happen to me. I didn't have that illusion. I was not under those illusions anymore because I'd had this massive, massive health experience very young and learned some lessons very young that, you know, a lot of people don't learn till much later in life, which was hard at the time, but now I'm really grateful for that. So that being said, I was not immune to the workload. We all know that first year teaching is really, really tough and the workload is full on. Full-time teaching at any stage in your career is full on. Um, and I was also fairly desperate to prove myself um, and to, you know, shake this idea that I wasn't the sick girl anymore, right? So I, I the weight of full-time teaching, obviously it was still full-time teaching and I was trying really hard not to appear to have any weaknesses because I, I didn't want to be the sick girl anymore. But the weight of that full-time teaching did take its toll um, to the point where I ended up unwell again in my third year and then dropped back to part-time teaching um, which thankfully my school was very supportive of. I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, but I've often said that I feel like I'm a bit of the canary in the mine shaft in this 21st century, you know, teaching profession. I have puny little bird lungs <laughs> and that shows the signs of danger much, much sooner than the robust burly mine workers next to me. But that doesn't mean the air is safe for them either, right? So um, what I see happening is that, you know, most teachers are not canaries. Most teachers are uh, much more robust than I was. And uh, that means that they sometimes ignore the warning signs because in the past they have been able to push through and they have just kept going, but that only works for so long. So this concept of being depleted when I started my teaching career was very familiar to me. Um, and over the years in the classroom, I certainly experienced it myself still. Um, and I watched it play out in my colleagues and across multiple schools in various settings. So it's not like it was just in one particular school that I worked. I, I worked in several different schools and I saw this pattern over and over again. Um, and then since beginning Self-Care for Teachers and the Teacher Wellbeing podcast, depleted teachers have come to me over and over again um, because I get it, I think. And sometimes it's just in you know DMs and emails that people send me when they reach out to tell me how empty they're feeling. Um, it's almost always, if you've listened to the, the Teacher Wellbeing podcast, it's almost always the start of the stories, the teacher stories on the podcast, you know, that guests talk about how they found themselves at a turning point, utterly depleted, not knowing whether they could stay in the job, what were they going to do? And then eventually they got some support, they made some changes and they found ways to replenish their cups again. Um, and now feeling much more resilient and able to, if not thrive every day, certainly find much more well-being in their life and work on an ongoing basis. So that's a repeating theme in the Teacher Wellbeing podcast, this idea of finding guests finding themselves depleted and then gradually working out how they can replenish themselves and, and, and build back that resilience. Um, 
And then, of course, the depleted teacher is always the one who comes to me for coaching. And I'm aware that there's some confirmation bias in that, of course. Of course, people who are feeling well and thriving and, and great aren't seeking out the support of a, of a health and wellbeing coach um, as teachers. Um, so I get that, right? Uh, of course, the people that come to me are depleted teachers. I understand that. Um, but I actually believe that the current education system and the overwhelming culture of self-sacrifice and of soldiering on um, and of waiting, waiting for someone else to fix it or waiting until the holidays, um, I believe that culture very much creates and perpetuates depleted teachers. And I'm willing to bet that you will recognise at least part of yourself in this list of characteristics, let's say, of the depleted teacher. So let's talk about who the depleted teacher is. The depleted teacher is exhausted all the time, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, exhausted in one or all of those ways. Maybe not all of them all the time, but one or all of them most of the time. Um, the depleted teacher is stressed and strung out a lot. And actually, often people tell me they feel constantly on, unable to switch off, um, when they go home from work or even when they're on holidays, I certainly have experienced that. You might suffer from insomnia as a depleted teacher um, because you can't switch off, right? You can't lie down to bed, totally physically exhausted, but you can't switch the mind off. You're still on. You're still thinking about work, thinking about students, thinking about, you know, school. Depleted teachers frequently skip meals and especially lunch because there's always something to do at lunchtime at school. Um, and so depleted teachers skip meals and they're often fueled throughout the day on um, perhaps unhealthy snacks, sugar um, and caffeine, very much caffeine. And I, like, I'm not, I like my coffee, right? But it can't be the only fuel. <laughs> Teacher cannot survive on coffee alone. Um, well, they can for a long time, but not forever. Uh, the depleted teacher might rely on alcohol to relax often, if not most nights, and or binges on the weekend because that's that's a way that you can switch off. Um, and that's problematic problematic in many ways. Again, not a, I'm not a wowser, but we do need to recognise when those habits start to creep in and start to be sending us some messages that something might be off. The depleted teacher is damn good at soldiering on, like really, really good, and very, very rarely takes sick days, very rarely even when you are actually sick, because we all know it's much easier to show up to school, drag yourself through the day than it is to write a, you know, lesson for the relief teacher when you're crook, and then have to pick up the pieces when you finally make your way back to school, you know, pick up all the pieces in the classroom the next day. So the depleted teacher is very, very good at soldiering on. The depleted teacher is also likely fairly cynical and resentful of education and school policies, curriculum demands, any kind of change or new fandangled pedagogical approach that's suddenly the in vogue, um, and also possibly very cynical and resentful of certain colleagues, certain school leaders, certain people in, in, the, in the school. Um, the depleted teacher is also increasingly impatient with children in the classroom and probably in a way that they remember not always being. Possibly as a depleted teacher, you remember having a time where you had much more patience, you were much more able to um, not lose your temper with those kids, but these days you're increasingly impatient. 
the depleted teacher often relies on tuck shop and takeaway because like I said, they often skip meals and then reach for convenient but not necessarily healthy snacks because you're just too tired and there's not enough time to cook. Um, the depleted teacher also rarely exercises or moves their body intentionally and no, being on your feet all day at work doesn't actually count. Um, so the depleted teacher's body is possibly not very fit. <laughs> um, the depleted teacher arrives early, leaves late, works after hours uh, on the weekends or late into the night, not just in report card week in those few peak times during the term, but most of the time, almost all the time, the depleted teacher spends most waking hours working. Um, the depleted teacher, if that's you, you may have lost your joy that you entered the profession with. You started out having an idea of what education was and feeling really hopeful and purposeful and finding it very meaningful and rewarding, even though it was hard, but you've lost some of that magic now, that magic in the classroom. You've lost your love of learning and perhaps you've even lost your sense of identity as someone other than this kind of classroom workhorse. The depleted teacher doesn't feel they're making a difference. And you, you wonder if, it, if it's even possible to actually make a difference in this current education system because there, there does seem to be things set up in such a way that's actually preventing you from making the difference that you need to make, that you want to make, that you see your students need you to make. So you wonder if that's even possible and you certainly don't feel like you're making a difference. You certainly don't feel like the work that you're doing most days is very meaningful. Uh, the depleted teacher, despite that, gives their absolute all to the kids in the classroom and that often means that your own family, your own loved ones get whatever's left of you, which isn't very much, right, because you're very depleted. Um, the depleted teacher rarely does anything for fun. You probably don't have time for hobbies. Uh, you don't even remember what your hobbies were or you've lost enjoyment of them. You don't have a lot of time and energy for leisure, except maybe on the school holidays. But even then, it takes a while to get the energy up after the end of term, right? The other thing that depleted teachers often do is socialise with other depleted teachers and then spend the whole time talking about work. Now, not discouraging uh, strong teacher friendships. They're really important. And the odd rec uh, occupational whinge is very helpful. But let's not make that our recreation, right? So the depleted teachers tend to only socialise with teachers and talk shop the whole time. Um, depleted teachers also often get sick on the last day of term or first couple of days of the school holidays because you've been pushing, pushing, pushing to get through and then you collapse in a heap on the school holidays and the immune system finally gives up and you have to fight off whatever bug's been going around school. And like I said, if you do get sick during the term, you very rarely take a sick day, even though you know you should, but it's more work to be sick than it is to drag yourself to school. Depleted teachers tell me that they feel they have no life outside of work and maybe um, feel a bit lost regarding their sense of identity outside of being a teacher. Who are you other than a teacher? that role has become all of you. And that's why I always talk about being a person first and a teacher second, because one has to come before the other. And the depleted teacher kind of knows they should look after themselves more, but there's always something more urgent. There's always something that needs to be done. The to-do list is never ending. You're waiting until the to-do list is done to look after yourself, right? There's that waiting piece again. And the depleted teacher constantly puts personal and health and life goals off until the holidays, until next term, 
until next school year or until that difficult student behaviour or that difficult colleague or that difficult parent or that difficult administrator leaves. Constantly putting your own goals off until a time when that thing, that difficult thing, doesn't isn't there anymore. So what tends to happen from all of that is that teachers ignore their own needs and soldier on until the point where they're so depleted that they collapse because our human bodies and our human minds and our human hearts and souls actually can't go on without any fuel, any healthy fuel, endlessly. First and foremost, you know, you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and we're going to talk a lot more about that tomorrow. That bottom layer of of Maslow's hierarchy is those basic physiological needs. And then the next layer is your emotional needs for safety and love and belonging and all of that. And if we're ignoring that constantly, then of course we're depleted. And then of course, eventually we completely run out of fuel and collapse. That's what burnout is, basically. Now, on a not full-blown burnout stage, so full-blown burnout is total collapse and you actually can't go on, right? You can't keep teaching. You can't keep living your life. People have told me stories of just being incapable of getting out of bed or incapable of doing really basic tasks, like really not full-blown burnout is not a place you want to be because it, it is extremely disruptive to your life. The place most teachers find themselves in, most depleted teachers, um, is the point of able to get through the term, able to get through about 10 weeks before you need to have a mini collapse for a few days. Conveniently, the school year in Australia lasts about 10 weeks and then there's a few weeks of holidays in between for you to kind of, by the time you're at at the holidays, you're running on fumes and you're just totally exhausted, but you can make it a few more days through the end of term. Then you can collapse in a heap on the couch for a few days with Netflix or have, you know, have a cold or something for the first few days and just stay in bed for a few days and just gradually, you know, replenish enough to start the cycle again next term. Because, of course, there's schoolwork to do on the school holidays, usually marking last term's work or preparing for next term's. Um, But it can wait till the second half of the holidays. It can wait till that last weekend of the holidays. First port of call is always to let your mind and body power down um, for a little while. And, you know, how many times have you woken up first day of school holidays with a cold? It happens. It's very, very common. The extent of the exhaustion, the extent of the depletion is also proportional to what time of year it is because you're much likely to be way more depleted at the start of the Christmas holidays than you are by at Easter holidays. And, you know, right now I know that many of you are beginning this school year feeling probably refreshed, ready to go. Um, yes, you're very aware that there's going to be a lot of work, but you've been, you've had a good month and a half off and you're starting to feel ready, hopefully to go back to work because you have replenished what had been depleted. Um, perhaps not entirely, but, but a lot, but I know cast your mind back to term four last year. And I know that some of you were seriously considering not going back this year because you had nothing left in the tank and you just weren't sure if there was going to be able to be any refilling over the holidays. Some of you have already made that decision to not go back. And to those of you, I want to say, do what you need to do, right? Um, and same for those of you who are out on stress leave or other types of leave and at a, feeling at a turning point and not sure whether you're going to go back to work this year um, or back to teaching anyway. Again, do what you need to do for you. There is absolutely no shame in taking that time for you um, and making a career change if that's what you need, right? Right. 
I want to keep teachers well and I want to keep teachers in the classroom, but not if it's not what you need. There's no one size fits all and maybe you need to go off and do something else for a while or forever and that's okay, right? Do what you need to do for you. But I also know that there's a significant portion of you who maybe have thought about leaving, but you also realize that you can't. It's not a reality for you for various reasons. I'm going to list a few that I've heard. You might identify with some or all of them, right? Maybe you care too much about the students you teach. Yeah, we care, right? We care about those kids in our classroom. Maybe you have a mortgage to pay and you need the money. I get it. I have a mortgage. I get it. Maybe you have children of your own to support. You've got your own family and you, you want to support them. You need to support them. And you therefore can't afford to retrain or you don't really know what else you would do. Yeah, maybe there are some real challenges and you're really struggling with teaching, but you don't know what else you'd do. Or maybe you already had a previous career. I've heard this multiple times. You already had a previous career. You became a teacher in your you know, 30s or 40s and you know how much time and energy and money is involved in retraining and there's no way you can do it again. Maybe you only have a few years left until retirement and you have to keep working. You have to keep those super contributions happening. It's too late to retrain for you in your career and you just need to keep working until you hit that retirement age. I know there's some of you watching. Maybe you have many years left until retirement and you don't or can't see yourself doing anything else or you don't have quite enough years left until retirement. You've got quite a long time, but not enough to retrain and then to be able to regain what you would uh, miss, you know, even if it's just super superannuation contributions wise, what you would miss for those few years out of the workforce to then retrain and go back in. Um, or maybe you've reached the top of your pay grade and you're in a leadership role um, and or you're in a leadership role and you know that to change career now would be a step backwards and you're just not willing to do that. Um, and especially when you're not willing to do that for any guarantee of any better conditions. There are no guarantees, right? It's a difficult job market anyway. And yeah, there's no guarantee that there would be better conditions. One of the one of the absolute perks about teaching is those school holidays and you don't want to lose those. Um, and maybe you used to love this job. You're depleted, but you know that you used to love this job and you want to find out how you can fall back in love with it again. Or you're just bloody determined to make this career work because it's what you want to do and you want to stay in the classroom. You just don't want to be so depleted all the time. And so you know that you can't go on as you have been. You are sick and tired of being sick and tired and with good reason because you're exhausted. Uh, maybe you're struggling with your mental health. And if you are, I just want to let you know that that's not uncommon. We don't talk about it enough. And sometimes it's not safe for us to talk about it at work. But I promise you, it is not uncommon for teachers to be experiencing depression and anxiety and other mental health challenges. Um, maybe you're sick of living for the weekends and school holidays. You don't want your life to be reduced to those few weeks in the year. Um, you know you aren't your best self in the classroom anymore and, that, and you want that to change. You're struggling with sleep and you're sick of that because that is so frustrating. Insomnia is torture. <laughs> really, it is. Um, and you fuel yourself on caffeine and sugar and takeaway and you never exercise, even though you know you should and you want to. You just don't have the energy or you, you haven't been able to start those habits or shift those habits, but you want to. Um, your stress levels are through the roof and you know that's not good for your health. You know that's not good in terms of long-term chronic diseases. And also it's just unpleasant and you're sick of it. And maybe you've been told by your doctor that you have to improve your lifestyle 
or you're going to face some of those more serious chronic health diseases sooner rather than later. And that's frightening. I know how frightening, you know, scary health stuff can be. And it's as good a reason as any, as any of the others, if not more so, because it's the thing that if you, if you can prevent those things and you can, you can keep going, but if you get really sick, you can't keep going. Um, and, and maybe you're afraid that unless something changes, you are actually going to have a heart attack or a nervous breakdown or completely burn out. And then you'll be useless to, to everyone, including yourself and including to your, your dearest loved ones. Um, there's that kind of workplace health and safety thing about the reason for safety at work is not at work. It's at home. The reason you want to be safe at work is so you can go home and see the people that you love and be, be with the people that you love. So the fact is, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always got. <laughs> if you approach the 2020 school year the same way you approached last year, without any changes, you're going to end up just as depleted in December, if not worse, this year. Because it is cumulative. It is. The depletion, yes, you replenish over the school holidays, but you can never totally replenish from a totally depleting school year. And I know there's a better option for you. I know you, you don't want to be the depleted teacher and you don't have to be. You do not have to soldier on, right? That's the thing that we have to stop doing. But it's really, really difficult. I know. Um, especially when there's a culture around you at your work that is perpetuating this soldier on you know, message, the self-sacrificing for the students. Um, we do have that culture in a lot of schools in Australia and it's problematic and it's, it's hard because humans are... You know, we want to belong. We, we like to fit in. We like to go along with what the, the group is doing. Um, that's safe for us. But this is not a safe thing for us to perpetuate as, as a collective or individually. And as I said yesterday, because I think we've been waiting, waiting for the solutions from somewhere else, you know, from the government or our principal or the teacher next door, like that, that's what's got us here because we've been waiting and sort of going along with this culture that is just perpetuating these problematic um, attitudes and behaviours and, and, um, and you know, sometimes there's even a competitiveness around the soul. I'm soldiering on harder than you are, you know, and so there's this kind of keeping up with the Joneses, a really twisted keeping up with the Joneses thing going on. I know you recognise that, right? I know that's familiar to you. Um, so if you recognise yourself in this depleted teacher, I want you to know that it's not your fault. Now that you've recognised it, now that you understand a bit about how the culture has set you up for that and how your own personal habits and behaviours uh, have been perpetuating that, you can't unknow that, right? Now that you've seen it, you can't unsee it. What got us here won't get us there. What got us to the depleted teacher won't get us to the resilient teacher. So we need to make some changes individually and collectively, but let's just talk about you, right? Let's just talk about the fact that you didn't get to this point of de depletion in one fell swoop. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens cumulatively, slowly, gradually, over time, you know, little by little, every day of the term getting more and more depleted until the school holidays when we build back up a bit, but then the next school term comes and we're depleting again, just a little bit, day by day. Because if it was only one or two days, human bodies are fantastically, human bodies and minds and hearts and souls are fantastically robust. Like we are survivors. We are built to survive. But 
and so in in short bursts we are really good at surviving and then and then bouncing back right from that kind of difficult event bounce back but if the chronic depletion is happening all the time then that means once that difficult event happens there's nothing left in the tank to to fuel us forward um so because that does happen little by little gradually and cumulatively over time i hate to be the bearer of bad news but that also means that the solutions are going to be slow it's not a quick fix but you're not broken so you don't need a quick fix you're depleted so you need to replenish and that will take some time it takes some time to build up those personal resources that have been so depleted over however many years you've been teaching and maybe before that maybe whatever you were doing before teaching um and school holidays are precious, right? They are important for us to be able to replenish those vital resources. But then the term comes again and the depletion starts again and it's just this cycle of waiting for school holidays and ignoring and neglecting things during the term so that we can we get to the end of term depleted and then we replenish a bit. So remember yesterday I talked about the way that engineers build bridges by actually planning for it to flood. They're not building bridges expecting that it will never flood. They actually design... Bridges specifically knowing um, that it is possible and likely that there will be a flood and then those bridges and all the other pieces of infrastructure, they need regular and constant maintenance so that if and when that disruptive event does occur, does occur, the resources are already in good condition and so they're as strong as they could be to be able to withstand that. That's what we want for ourselves, right? Um, so we need to design our lives um, all year not just on school holidays, all year to keep our resources replenishing so we don't end up so depleted at the end of term. There will be some depletion, of course. We will be tired. There will be fatigue, of course. But if we are replenishing every day, if we are uh, replacing at least some of what gets depleted just through the course of normal life, then when it gets to the end of term, we're not so depleted. And more importantly, if and when a disruptive event occurs, and it could be anything but we know that they will occur throughout the year it could be you know an, a behavior incident or an accident in the playground when you're on playground duty um maybe it's an aggressive or bullying parent or colleague um maybe it's a change in leadership at your school that's just very difficult and disruptive for everybody um that you know maybe it's something in your personal life maybe you lose a loved one um or there's a divorce or a death um or an illness for yourself or someone else an injury for yourself or someone else um, and when those things happen you want to have some resources up your sleeve right you 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 want to have some fuel in that tank yes those events are going to drain your resources far more quickly than everyday life um, and that's normal that's expected right but that means it's crucial that we are not already operating on an empty tank that we actually have set up the habits to be able to keep replenishing during that time um, and then just to not be so depleted to begin with so where does that leave us today well firstly if you have identified really strongly with this session with the depleted teacher you know checklist then i just want you to wrap yourself in self-compassion please give yourself a big internal hug know that you are not alone and that you can make a change you really can um, and that it's it's hard to sit in this it's hard to sit in these realizations but remember, it's important because we are facing and embracing the new normal. We are facing and embracing reality so that we can move forward, um, so that we can make a change. So 
There are some action steps for you from this lesson. Um, number one is to just give yourself that self-compassion, but really to journal um, on what aspects of the depleted teacher resonate most strongly for you or which ones you identify with the most, um, which ones are maybe the most problematic for you, um, which ones are perhaps most urgent for you. Maybe there's there's some of that list you feel like, yeah, that's an issue, but like it's 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 not going to kill me. But, you know, my lack of exercise, the doctor said, is actually leading to some serious health problems. So the fact that I, you know, am impatient with the kids in the classroom, I obviously want to work on that, but this other thing is far more urgent. So think about which of those aspects of that depleted teacher list are, I guess, the most urgent, the most problematic for you. Um, and then you can think about ways you, you can make some small changes. Remember, this is not a one and done. It's not a quick fix. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some ongoing effort and habit change. Um, and if you want to sign up for the freebies library in the companion workbook, there's actually a bit of a checklist of, um, you know, the depleted teacher checklist. So you can use that just to see how many of them you tick off. Um, I listed more in this session today, but that's okay. Um, and those journal and discussion prompts are there for you to reflect on, journal on, discuss with your trusted colleagues. And I do want you to discuss this with your colleagues. Um, so journal prompts for you or discussion prompts for you to talk about with your colleagues. In what ways do you feel depleted as a person? And in what ways do you feel depleted as a teacher? Because remember, you're a person first and a teacher second. So we need to be thinking about how you feel depleted as a person and then as a teacher because it's a flow and effect, right? So list all the ways, get it all out. List all the ways you feel depleted. And remember that we are, that's uncomfortable, yes, but we are facing and embracing this new normal. So this is a part of that process. Um, and then finally, you can look at um, your list. Look at the list. Identify one thing you can change right now. So I guarantee you from that whole list, yes, some of those things are long-term changes and habits and it's going to take a while to see any impact, but there'll be something on there that you think I can change that one thing today. So identify what that one thing is um, and what is that one thing going into this new school year um, that you can commit to, the one thing that you can you know is going to make that at least a small shift and you can feel some success and, and start to keep your resources replenished. So what is that one thing? Just start with that one thing. So I really, really encourage you to talk about this with your colleagues. It's really important that we shift this conversation, that more of us understand the fact that this culture of soldiering on um, is depleting us and is hurting us. And that the more of us start to shift it, then we can actually see a change gradually, over time, yes, and individually as well as collectively. So let's talk about it, right? Let's start this conversation. Well, there you have it. That was the second episode in the free five-day workshop series that you can find on facebook.com forward slash self-care for teachers or in the freebies library at uh, selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. Swipe up. The links will be in the description of this episode. And before you go, I just want to let you know that early bird enrollments for the next round of the Resilient Teacher Group Coaching Program are open now. So the early bird lasts until Sunday, the 5th of July, which means you get a discount basically if you buy before then. And we start on the 11th of July. So the Resilient Teacher Group Coaching Program is my signature program for teachers who want to make a change in their health and well-being this year. And, and 
you know, because information is not enough. So if this episode, if this, you know, workshop series about the depleted teacher um, and the new definition of resilience has really resonated with you, and if it has really highlighted for you that, wow, there are, you know, some gaps in your practices around looking after yourself and that you've actually been, you know, letting your cup get emptied and never refilling it, then this program is for you. It is not more information. It is practical application and accountability for actually looking after yourself in the second half of this year and doing so with the support of you know a coach who gets it that's me but also with a group of like-minded peers you know other teachers from around Australia who are making their health and well-being and their resilience a priority as well and doing so in challenging circumstances So it's time to stop waiting. You know, it's time to stop waiting for the perfect time. It's time to stop waiting for somebody else to come and fix the education system or, you know, do something about the well-being strategy at your school. It's time for you to step up and take action in your own life and stop waiting for somebody else to rescue you because you might wait forever. So I want to help you be empowered and to take those actions and to stick with it over time because... Well-being and resilience doesn't change from watching or listening to a few podcast episodes. It doesn't change from doing a PD session at the start of the year. It doesn't change from joining the gym but, you know, never actually going. You have to actually take action and you have to take action sustainably and consistently over time to actually see any results. So that's what this program is designed to do. It's designed to support you and hold you accountable in that process. And I would love to have you a part of it. So you can read more about it at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash resilient teacher. Swipe up. The link will be in the description of this episode. And make sure you check out the rest of this free workshop series while it's live on Facebook. Or you can catch it in the freebies library if you're listening later on in the year. And as always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second. And you are so worthy of your own care. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher wellbeing and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second and you are worthy of your own care.